All right, the guys are back. Welcome back. It's the Flawless Takes Podcast, Week 2, Episode 2. It's your boys, Christian Mule, co-host Chris Landera, joining us from the top of Mount Rainier in Washington <laughs> State. How's the weather up there, bud? Joining you from vacation. That's how dedicated I am to the podcast. I was like, uh, my wife Kelly was like, he's, he's doing this on vacation. I'm like, he has to. It's his responsibility. This is, yeah. I mean... You want to make the dream come true. This is what you got to do, right? You got to exactly. You got <laughs> to stay this, on the grind. This is our ticket to early retirement. So, of course. Well, eventually, <laughs> maybe we'll get to the point where we can do some evergreen pods and just bank them for vacations. Exactly. But uh, yes. we're, we're not at that point yet. So that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's when we have the full production capabilities yep, going right. and everything. But we <laughs> we have a a huge show today. Um, so I do want to just jump right into it. We're going to talk about. Giants week one, and uh, we have some thoughts on that for sure. And then we'll uh, look back at the U.S. men's national team um, and their uh, that little run of three games uh, that ended with U.S. versus Honduras on a happy note. And then uh, we will be doing, of course, our weekly serial review. Uh, this week we're talking grape nuts, so uh, look forward to that. All right. So let's just start off with a, a, a new segment. Uh, we're, we're calling it flawless takes because that's what we do here. We give the flawless takes. We give those perfect diamond, uh, <laughs> piping hot takes, not just sports related, but this week it is. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll start with it. Uh, after week one, I thought this before week one, but week one of the NFL uh, season confirmed my suspicion that the Urban Meyer regime will be short-lived in Jacksonville and I'm can predicting right here my flawless take is that Urban Meyer will quit after year one I think he's going to go down the uh the Nick Saban route and just be a one and done you know college coach I don't know if he goes back right into college right away but I can just tell from you know the what I've read up on Jacksonville and uh, you know, all the just I don't know if you saw his body language at all uh, on the sidelines. He, he not great. Like, he looks very unhappy. Not not and, too positive. Yeah. And I, I just think it, it, we've seen this time and time again. It's really hard um, to make the transition from college to the pros, especially when you're like a, you know, a, a stud all time college coach because you're like a king, you know, and now yes. you're not anymore. And you answered all these different parties. You're not these... anymore. And guess what? You're doing more work. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's a, it's the, the hours for an NFL coach are endless. Yeah. When you're a college football coach, you actually have half a life. Yeah, absolutely. So and, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot different when, there's only like three or four teams that can match you at a talent level in college football, which is what he's right. used to versus the NFL where he's sitting, you know, they yeah. just got blown out by the Houston yeah. Texans. Yeah, so. he, he, he's the Jaguars coach. He's starting out on the bottom rung. Yeah, exactly. You know, this so. isn't, you're not at Ohio state anymore. It's funny that you use this for your flawless take though, because today, actually today, like literally probably four hours ago, University of Southern California just fired their head coach. And a lot of people on the internet have been making jokes that Urban's ready to leave right now. Like we, <laughs> like we not, not year one, like week one, I'm done. Like I'm on a plane to LA. What am I doing in Jacksonville? Like this is. <laughs> yeah. The power of the flawless state. You can be a God at USC or you could be like, uh, you know, working 18 hour days in Jacksonville, Florida, um, you know, getting yes. yelled at by the media and having to deal with like, 
you know, professional athletes, which is very different than college athletes. I just think, you know, we haven't seen in a while Saban, Spurrier. Those are the two obvious examples that come to mind. Um, you know, unless you're, I, I think the lower rung coaches like Chip Kelly, who wasn't as, you know, he kind of flamed out in the NFL in his own way, but um, I think it's an easier transition if you're not like one of these godlike coaches because you're just you're just used to being treated a certain way and the nfl is gonna you know it's gonna humble you yeah exactly exactly and and you're not going like losing you're not going 10 and 2 this year urban or 10 10 and 1 making the uh, college football playoff no you're going to be losing a lot and having to answer for a lot and uh i just don't think guys who are used to winning all the time want to do that so that that's my nick saban didn't Nick yeah, Saban sure did not. not. He's like, you know what? I'll make ten million dollars a year and and, uh, and be a go, god king in, in yeah. uh, Tuscaloosa. Exactly. So so we'll see. So do you have anything you want to throw in the flawless so, yeah, take? So here? we'll stay in the NFL world. My flawless take is Jason Garrett, and this is going to lead into, I mean, our main subject for today: New York Giants football. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett will not be the offensive coordinator by week eight. Ooh. Um, I. The lack of creativity that he brings to the table is, I mean, I, I just, I, I think we actually talked about it a little last week on the pod. Like I can't imagine someone with, I mean, he's calling plays that look like they're being called uh, in the mid nineties. Like I, I'm almost like, at, like at a loss for words where, you have a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Get him moving. Get, who's you have a mobile quarterback, a bad offensive line, mm-hmm. and your quarterback is lot, lacking confidence. Move the pocket. Get him yeah. out. And and you know, get him making some plays. Not these like these sixes. I don't know. It's just it's the same story every week. He's just. And I understand. Like, listen, the Giants don't have the most offensive talent in the league, but. You have to recognize your strengths, your weaknesses, and what your, um, and and be able to you know give your chance, give yourself the best chance to win. And he's just not doing that for us. Yeah, and that- I, I I just don't see if the, if what happened in week one continues, like mm-hmm. an axe is going to fall on someone. And like I, and I don't know if it's like if it's up to Joe Judge, right, to um get rid of him, but. I, I, I mean, he, he's, I think he's probably the first to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, you know, I saw some of that chatter in, on Giants Twitter, of course, yesterday and this morning, you know, my, my only concern, not concern with that, but just thought on that is it's kind of, you know, the old rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic at that point. Like, I don't know what having Freddie Kitchens run your offense or whoever from the offensive coaching staff run your offense, uh, you know, are they able to install something different? Like, are they just more aggressive? What does that look like? So I, I don't know if it would solve all the problems, but, you know, Jason Garrett's definitely at the top of the list of issues right now. You know, they should have gotten rid of him in, in January. Right. I just think like, would you be mad at like just like a slightly different philosophy than, than what we're, no, what we're no. rolling with right now? I mean, no, it's... but, but if he gets fired week eight, it probably doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, it's already the, the ship's going down at that. Oh, point, absolutely! So. Oh, absolutely! The yeah. ship's going down, right? But it's <laughs> so, so. Let's get right into it uh, before we we burn all our hot uh, yeah. uh, Giants talk here. So, Week One Giants, 
meet the new Giants, same as the old Giants. Uh, very <laughs> reminiscent of Giants games over the last few years. Broncos 27, Giants 13. Uh, if you look at the stats, they, they're not as awful as you would think, but that's a lot of garbage time there. Yeah, you know? it, was a, it was a cosmetic 27 to 13, too. It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really a 27 to 7 game. Yeah, a- absolutely. 20-point loss at home to Teddy Bridgewater and really like a kind of a, a, like, a Broncos team that we're expecting to win eight or nine games this year. Maybe right. like this is not yeah. a big team. So, you know, very disconcerting. Um, you know, any overall impressions that come to mind from the game? Anything specific you want to address? I mean, I think going into the game, the biggest concern was our tackles against <laughs> against the Broncos' ends, which is like yeah. kind of like a, a strength on weakness right there. Yep. In that. Then the Broncos having Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, the Giants having Nate Solder starting with Andrew Thomas. And now they're, I mean, if you were on Twitter at all today, it's just people dunking on Nate Solder highlights, you know, like it, yeah. it's, it well, was well, as bad <laughs> as it, we, we, we couldn't run the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, Saquon's first game back. He's his quotes after the game were like, he's, I'm just happy to be out there. You know, I'm, I'm just, yeah. which is great for him. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is great for him just to be out there, but we couldn't do anything. Their D, every D line in the league just just dominates us at the line of scrimmage. And when you lose like that at the line of scrimmage, you are generally the game is lost right there. And that has been the Giants' problem since Dave Gettleman has been here. Yeah. You know, they can't run the ball. Very little push. Nope. You know, there is guys getting through and penetration. And, you know, Saquon, as soon as he gets up to the line, is, is just – trying to can I turn a, a loss into a two yard yep. gain somehow, you know, and he's got to drag um, someone who's around his ankle back to the line of scrimmage. Every yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> it's just tough. Um, you know, if, if we want to look some, some bright side things from the notes I made, I mean, Andrew Thomas held up reasonably well, you know, mm-hmm. he definitely had a better la- game than Solder did. Yeah. After the, uh, the last preseason game, you know, he looked awful against the Pats mm-hmm. in that preseason game. So, you know, the fact that he wasn't just abysmal, I guess, is a, a positive if we're looking for silver linings. Um, your favorite Giants receiver, Sterling Shepard, had a very good game. Um, <laughs> why, why don't you share your feelings on Shep so the audience understands that, that comment? Uh, Sterling Shepard, been on the Giants for a pretty long time now. He's Six a, years. He's, Longest he's a, tenured Giant. Yeah, he's a senior member. Yeah. He – Sterling Shepard is – in my eyes is maybe a number three is probably a number three receiver on, on a mm-hmm. good team. Yep. He is not explosive. He does not really have any size to speak of. Right. I mean, would you say he's not an amazing route runner? He's probably, I guess that's probably his strongest attribute. And yeah. you would say, okay, maybe he's a good route runner. Um, I, I think if, if he catches North of, 65 balls this year it's it's going to be a very long season for us Kenny yeah. Galladay needs to be the guy who catches the most balls who gets the most targets who and and we saw he's probably the only other one of the few other bright spots in yesterday's game was Galladay had made some plays too you know? yeah maybe yeah. I mean didn't have the PFF rating that Sterling Shepard did but 
I mean, he, he didn't have a bad game. No, he, he played well on the targets yeah. he was given. Maybe we would like to see more opportunities there, but he did what you would expect him to do, which is, you know, make plays on contested balls over the middle, you know, um, you know, down the field. Like he, he played well. So I, I, I was fine with that. Um, I mean, Sterling Shepard has been a serviceable, serviceable player for us. He just, the ceiling is not very high. Has never has been, never will be. No, I, I, I think I think you agree with that. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, when he's your primary threat, it, it's a problem. Um, yeah. But I, I think I just like him a little bit more. I think you think mm-hmm. he's more sort of endemic of the the Giants' sort of inability to be effective. And, and yeah, I think he's just kind of a, uh, of the team. Right. He, but, he's, yeah. he's kind of a a signature of the lack of talent we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're featuring this guy. Like, yeah, the one what, a couple points I want to bring up Jones. You know. Daniel Jones had a typical Daniel Jones game. He was pretty good. He was okay for a while. Um, you know, they gave him some some layups, as I call them, like, you know, easy plays, easy first read throws, which is where he excels. But it's the same story in a lot of ways. Anytime, you know, the play, you know, breaks down or he doesn't get that easy look, uh, you know, he seems a little um, – you know, a little complacent or maybe just stuck mm-hmm. in, in terms of his progressions. And then the fumble. I mean, you know, he has fumbled 30 times in his career at this point in three three years, which is just, you know. It's, it's a it's huge al- number. <laughs> it's almost a fumble a game at this point um, because he's missed some games. It's just, it's really, really bad. Uh, and, you know, I don't, like, what would change that at this point? Like, he, at a certain point, it, it's just part of his, his profile as a player. And, you know, It'd be one thing if we were just flinging it and being super aggressive on offense and stuff, and he had a had a turnover problem. But if you're going to play conservative, grind it out, you can't have a quarterback who fumbles every game. You just can't. No. Um, and it's then really what play- it is. it's just a lack yeah. of situational awareness. He doesn't yeah. know. It's like he doesn't he doesn't feel the pressure, and he doesn't know when he's supposed to throw away the ball, when he's supposed to run with the ball when he's just supposed to take the sack, it's like he, he just can't make that correct decision in those, in those situations. Yeah. You know? Uh, and just my last point on the play calling, we talked about it with Jason Garrett earlier, but there was a specific drive at the end of the, the first half um, where the giants got the, the Logan Ryan strip. And there's a couple plays here, not to get off on a tangent that could have made this game much uglier. I mean, Logan Ryan stripped, uh, one of their tight ends and got a fumble recovery, which luckily we, we kept the ball, even though his knee might've been out when, when he recovered that when they're on, you know, driving in for a touchdown, um, you know, there's a play in the second half where a, a wide receiver, I believe Hamler's his name just dropped a, you know, a short touchdown in the end zone, you know, so this game could have been even worse in some ways, but so we get the fumble and then what do we do? Or, you know, first, uh, you know, first and 10 from our own five yard line, couple minutes left in the game we we run the ball right up the middle you know the most predictable thing ever no gain second and 10 we do a a, a pass to our fullback Eli Penny on the, in the flat um incomplete and then third and 10 what do we do we we run a similar sort of uh you know play into the flat for Kyle Rudolph who looked awful by the way he looks either hurt or just washed yeah. completely I don't know yeah. what the issue is and maybe if that's Evan Ingram you can make the argument that the play design there is to just get him one-on-one and in space. And he turns the corner and just, you know, runs up the field for 20 yards, but Kyle Rudolph's not making that play. So it, it was just, and, and what happened off of that, we punt, we were three and out, we punt, uh, you know, 
Broncos come back and very aggressively move the ball down the field, go for it on fourth down, I think once or twice get it, score a touchdown, and, you know, go into the half with a lead. And the whole complexion of the game, in my mind, changes from there. So, um, you know, that's that's on, in my mind, Jason Garrett, the offensive philosophy, yeah. uh, lack of faith in, in the offense to move the ball. But, uh, you know, that was really a – really a bad bad sequence that is is very typical of the Giants the last few years unfortunately but also we're, we're spending a lot of time here killing the offense the defense did not have a banner game no they were Teddy, they were Teddy Bridgewater 70, bad Teddy yeah. Bridgewater 78 percent completion percentage yeah. I mean Teddy no, Joe no, Montana no. Bridgewater come on no I mean, that's Jerry supposed Judy to be the was str- winning uh, that's supposed to know. be the strength of our team Bradbury had a nightmare game awful sure, he he was my guy in episode one of a flawless tank, so I was hyping up like this. This is our this is our legit dude we have. And yeah, you're not supposed to talk about the flawless takes we miss on on this <laughs> and, podcast. We, uh, we just memory hold those. It's one. It's gonna... one game. We got a whole season here. <laughs> I know. The, I know. The diamond can still be spiffed up. Yeah, yeah. Um. The defense didn't play well either against no. uh, a a at best middle of the road offense. Yeah, their, their tight ends you know. were just open all day. It seemed like uh, they were, like you said, Jerry Judy had his, his way with Bradbury. You know, they were. It seemed like they got a little better in coverage. They, I guess, they made some adjustments at some point. But you know, if the defense is going to be mediocre, it's going to be a long, long season. Um, yeah. Just to keep us us moving here, I don't want to get all doom and gloom. A couple uh, other football notes. The Bears lost, which is good. So I told you <laughs> we'd keep up on that. So we will continue to do that. Bears own one. Bears watch. Bears own one. Bears watch. Bears Probably own the most one. enjoyable part of, of football season for Giants fans this year will be following the Bears. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and then just looking ahead here, Thursday night, short week. So maybe you get a chance to, you know, quickly shed the the bad vibes. But they're going to Washington against a good defense. They're uh, three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Washington football team. I guess the good news, if you're looking at it this way, Washington's starting Taylor Heineke because uh, Fitzpatrick just got IR'd. So they're going to be yeah. in quarterback hell again this year. Um, but we'll, we'll see. You know, we, we have – even in our bad years, we seem to have, you know, at least competitive games with Washington because they're usually pretty bad too. Um, <laughs> so, you know, hopefully we can turn it around. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll come back quick later this week with an instant reaction podcast. Maybe if they triumphantly win. I don't want to sit here at 12 at night and talk about a, a demoralizing loss. But if they blow up, you might hear us from us a little early. You don't want to stay up late talking about a 16-10 loss in Taylor Haneke? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I got better things to do. Uh, all right. So let's, let's move off the Giants then. Um, let's talk a little bit about the U.S. men's national team who – um, you know, after our most recent episode, uh, had a really sort of a good feels win in some ways versus Honduras. They won 4-1. Um, it was an interesting game if, if you watch it. They were absolutely hor- horrendous the first half, probably the, the worst half of the three qualifiers by far. Um, you know, just got kind of bossed around by Hondar- Honduras in that first 45 and were, you know, losing one nothing. Uh, you know, as the first half, uh, you know, finished up, it was, it was pretty, pretty tough. Uh, Christian Pulisic was what happens when you're a good player on a bad team is you try to do it all by yourself and, and run through six guys. And, you know, that just, that just doesn't work at a certain point. Um, I have a question for you about the U.S. men's national team. Is, what is got Josh Sargent good at exactly? Uh, Josh, 
Josh Sargent is about to be good at handing Ricardo Pepe Gatorades when he comes off the field at <laughs> halftime because, <laughs> because yeah. we might have a new savior. <laughs> yeah, good, excellent transition there because Ricardo Pepe, uh, if you didn't see the game, 18-year-old kid from FC Dallas in the MLS who, uh, you know, scored a goal and I think assisted on two others and just, you know, once the, the adjustments were made in the second half with some subs that sort of changed the script a little bit, and I guess credit to Greg Berhalter for doing that, even though you have to scratch your head on what he was doing in the first half. Um, you know, Pepe really got involved and, and showed some class on he, a really nice header goal and, and some other movement and runs and stuff. So, you he know, he absolutely they, was the player of the game for me. Um, he he's like a player that like most casual U.S. men's national team fans probably won't even heard of, but he does have like a kind of a cult following. He's super young plays in MLS, but he's been like really uh, dominant for Houston, like a really good player in a, in a small sample size, like a brief amount of time, obviously. Um, but there, there has been like a few people calling for him to be put into the starting lineup because, well, potentially this is what could happen. And he completely turned that game on its head, turned it around. And now going into game four, we have a completely different feel as opposed to halftime of that Honduras game when I think yeah. that was pretty much as low. I mean, Honduras outplayed us. It wasn't even – I wouldn't say it was even in the first half. Honduras was a better team. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? they, they, so, they deserved the goal that they got and were just playing better. I mean, yep. the U.S. just looked lost. And, uh, you know, they, they took out a bunch of guys. They, they had a really weird lineup. If you go back and look at that, James Sand yeah. midfielder just looked overmatched in th- some th- That's ways. why I'm not going to get on Burhalter yeah. that much because we, we were missing so many guys, like, going to yeah. that game. That, yeah. And it's on the road. You're just hoping for a draw, yeah. you know? The, yeah. it, in World Cup qualifying, the model is win at home, draw on the road. Yeah. In this situation, yep. we're already down like three of our like big guys. Like you really like the the draw would have been a really good draw. So to come mm-hmm. out of it winning like that is you know could could turn the group on its head. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And we have a an October slate coming up of Jamaica, Panama, and Costa Rica in early yep. uh, October, and we should have sort of a full return, hopefully. Fingers crossed there aren't any injuries between then and there in, in the club play. Um, but, you know, a, a full team back and, and hopefully just start to click off some wins and, you know, score some goals and, you know, make And hopefully Weston McKinney starts following COVID protocol. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, that, he's a young nice. guy. He likes to go to the club and, and have some fun. You he's know, kind he, of he, like on – he might be on his third strike now, though. It's, yeah, I know. It's not it's, good. It, it's getting yeah. late for him. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. It's not great. But, uh, you know, uh, he probably spent a little too much time with Cristiano Ronaldo the last couple of years and, and picked up some bad habits, maybe. Yeah, we can, we can of, blame uh, him. You can blame yeah, Cristiano. In terms of his premium. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, the guy's, you know, scoring goals for Manchester United. Um, all right. So let, let's move on from the U.S. men's national team. We will. Yeah. So it, we're going to have a little gap, obviously, in our coverage. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about how we treat that in the last couple, next couple of weeks here. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on some of the the American players if there's anything um, you know noteworthy they do in in their their club teams or any changes uh, you know at all that we want to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, but we'll 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 get you prepared for those that next round of qualifiers in the next couple of weeks as that comes up. All right. All right, all right. So on to the main event. The main event. What you know? This is the <laughs> segment that got the most feedback. I'll say that. And thanks for everybody <laughs> with all the feedback. It's really helpful to 
to know that we're doing a good job and everyone's loving the podcast. Tell your friends. We love to hear from our fans. Like and subscribe. You know, um, we're gonna as we start to to go onto more platforms, we'll, we'll be a little bit more aggressive in the marketing. But uh, for now, thanks for listening and you know keeping this going. We're gonna get into our cereal of the week, and the cereal of the week was suggested by a friend of the pod, Eric, who asked yes. for grape nuts. Which Great is nuts. a cereal I don't think about very much. <laughs> Me uh, neither. That's exactly how I feel about it. What's your yeah? Well, when you when grape nuts was suggested, what was your impression of grape so, nuts? What, so what this are your for thoughts? me, this is very yeah. much in contrast to cinnamon toast crunch, which at the Landara household was much more of a regular in uh-huh. the rotation. You know, you were having it a few times a month. Grape nuts, I've probably had once or twice in my life. And it was yeah. probably at like a like the morning after like a sleepover, you know. Uh-huh. Where it's like, what do we got here? Grape nuts? All right, sure. Pour me a bowl. <laughs> yeah. Um, first thing I noticed when I bought the box, I, I have like a smaller size box here. Yeah. It's real heavy. It yeah, is, it's very dense. Is this yours like that too? Yeah, it's packed yeah. in there. Yes, yes. It, it, it's a small box, but it, it, it's 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 weighty for sure. It's dense. Yeah. Have you? So I, I also got a box today. A couple thoughts on, on just talking the box, uh, and this is my initial observation on grape nuts. They put a recipe on the box I bought <laughs> yeah. anyway for for yeah, a parfait, for a parfait. <laughs> yeah. and you know maybe grape nuts is more of an ingredient than an actual breakfast <laughs> cereal yes. because I, I ate a bowl about an hour ago just to remind myself what grape nuts are all about. Because I used to eat grape nuts once in a while as a kid. It wasn't like a regular. I think my dad liked it. So once in a while, if he did the groceries, he might grab grape nuts or something. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's so much chewing. Like my jaw was, was working trying to get through these grape nuts. Um, I knew it was going to be like not that sweet. And, you know, at first I was like, all right, but it still it's got the nutty flavor. I kind of like that, but it's tough to eat a lot of it. Cause at a certain point you just feel like, I just felt like a gerbil. Like I'm eating yeah. like, uh, you know, just like feed, you know, this is the, just only, like... yeah. <laughs> this is the only, the thing that came to mind for me, I was like, is this just a box of kitty litter? Like I, I don't, <laughs> there's, there's no fruit in it. Like yeah. there's, yeah. it's, it's just, um, very dry, yes. Um, granola y, I guess, would be would be the type, but it's it's not a soft granola, it's like it's yeah. a, um, you, you need yeah. to work with this cereal, which you, you know, I'm sure there's people That's, who love grape right. nuts and are like, Yeah, but you got to do you know, put the, the berries in it. That's what it is, you need berries, honey. sugar, yeah, you gotta yeah. Jazz it up. yeah, you got to jazz it up. But, but I think the way we have to treat these on these these reviews is out of the box you know if i'm cooking a meal with the cereal then that doesn't count like i am uh I, i'm just rating it in milk you know right, right out of the it. box no modifications um and i i just can't imagine eating this on a regular basis it's just no. it's too much work I'm i almost a, thought i almost thought listener eric was pranking us with this fragmentation That's it could, when, I, it could when I first opened the box it's a good point like, good point excellent point yeah so I mean, it's not one I'm that excited about, but I, I will say I haven't really like spent a lot of time in the cereal aisle in a while, but it, it made me think when I was picking up these grape nuts today, man, we, we can do this podcast forever because there's endless varieties of cereals oh, to get into. So we're, really I had a lot of good ideas from looking what was out there for sure. So don't think you're getting rid of us soon because we got a lot of cereal to rate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this might just become an all cereal podcast at yeah. some point. <laughs> 
if the Giants keep losing, you know, the the, the serial yeah. segment might go to the top <laughs> lot of the yeah. show. We're gonna we're, we're gonna be that. doing forty minutes on uh, Wheaties next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, A- any other grape nuts thoughts there? Uh, any other grape nuts thoughts? Um, I think actually, I mean, I, I I'm looking at the parfait recipe, mm-hmm. and. I could see it as a um, – it probably works in that. But yep. it's it's just um, – I guess you would say this is like the um, – it's like the ribs of cereal where it, it's going to be a lot of work to get what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's it's not – it's just not a smooth transition out of the box. And uh, it's definitely not going to be working its way into my regular um, – rotation of cereal well i'm gonna try to prank my daughters tomorrow and be like i got this new cereal it's called grape nuts you're gonna love oh, it and see what the may... reaction is there and i'll, they I'll may move out guys like, <laughs> yeah that's great please <laughs> <laughs> all right so I, I think that about does it for this week we we went a little long this week so we wanted to make sure we kept it a nice tight 30 mm-hmm. um but you know thanks again everybody for joining uh, really having a lot of fun with the podcast. Uh, we're, we're joining more um, podcast networks. Uh, I'll send some details out of that later this week. You'll see that. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep delivering the pod and we'll, we'll keep expanding it as we go. So keep coming back with those suggestions. Uh, we take all your recommendations seriously. And you see, you, you, if you're the first one to give us a recommendation, we're going to take it. So uh, maybe next week you can tell us what cereal to to review. All right. And let's, hope the Gi- and let's hope the Giants can give us uh, some some good news, so we're not so doom we're gloom and doom here. Yeah, I'd love to be sitting yeah. here. We want to be night. positive. We don't want to just yeah. dump on the team every week. Nah, you know? That'd be awful. It get, we want to. Gets, it gets old. Yeah. What so. What more can we say about Jason Garrett that we haven't already yeah. said in, in two weeks? So that everyone uh, doesn't already know. All right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Preaching the choir. I'm sure. Well, thanks to everybody again. Uh, Have a good rest of your week, and you'll be hearing from us again soon. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. All right. We're good.